Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. But the Lord did not deal with the outer condition first. He dealt with the inner condition. Because remember, He came to heal the brokenhearted. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. Started on this in uh, the conference on last Saturday, uh, a little bit there, and the Lord was still upon me to make mention of it uh, yesterday in the two Bible studies here at the Food Bank, and it just carries over now, still in my heart today, still in my heart. And really today or tonight, if I had to give a subject, uh, we would call it uh, getting unstuck, getting unstuck or how to get unstuck all right here in luke the fifth chapter luke five um this is very very powerful the bible records here uh, starting in verse number 16 it says this and he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed and he came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were pharisees and and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal. And behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy. They sought means uh, to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went unto the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst there before Jesus, into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this uh, which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sin but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he, he answering said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? Whether is easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, rise up and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy couch, and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them, and took up that thereupon he lay, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Wow, getting unstuck. Here we see a paralyzed man uh, that was carried before the presence of the Lord. Now, it's very interesting to note here again that uh, you know, a man with palsy paralyzed. And, and typically, uh, when you talk about someone paralyzed or something with someone with palsy, 
especially in this man's case, he's probably paralyzed from his neck down. So he has no mobility of himself or he can't move by himself, but he has some people with him that are helping him, that are helping him. And they have heard of Jesus, obviously. And they set a goal to get this man to the Lord Jesus. Now, Jesus, of course, is in this house. We look, we can look in the Gospel of Matthew, the ninth chapter, the, the Gospel of Mark, the second chapter, and we'll see more about this account. But the Lord is in town here, and there are so many people that heard about Jesus being in town that they began to crowd the house shoulder to shoulder. The house is just packed. The place is packed, and there is no room to get in. Everyone has heard about this Jesus that has worked miracles, that has worked signs and wonders, that has that has been that has come to heal the brokenhearted, that has come to that has come to relieve the oppressed and set the captives free, that has come to open up the sight or recovering sight to the blind. They've heard about Jesus because he has come to preach the gospel to the poor. And so the people have heard of this. And they know that Jesus Christ has come to bring hope. And hope is a powerful tool. It's a powerful tool. It's a powerful tool. I love the way the word says that Jesus came to preach the gospel to the poor. Well, what gospel do you preach to the poor? That gospel would be simply this, that you don't have to stay in that condition. You can actually rise up from where you are and you can have better things. You can have a better life. You don't have to go through life. Uh, in poverty, not just with money, but we can be a poverty of soul and of spirit, uh, just in lack and just in need. And no matter what kind of lack we have, only God can supply that. And when we go through a life with only lack, that's a life of dissatisfaction, a life of dissatisfaction, a life of longing, a constant needing, a constant wanting. Never, never being able to fulfill a desire. And when we live a life like that, of course, that leads to depression and all, all kind of other things. But when the people heard, scripture says, when those that sat in darkness saw a great light, when they heard that Jesus was coming, when they heard the gospel that he was preaching, that they could get up from their circumstances, that they didn't have to be like this. Their marriage didn't have to be like that anymore. Their relationships, their finances, their whole life could change through this word that this man, Jesus, was preaching. So he came to bring a word, a word of hope, a word of deliverance. And he's in this town now, and he's in someone's house and everyone is heard, and so they all come out to see Jesus. And so now the whole house is crowded, and people are standing shoulder to shoulder. They're packed inside, and they're standing at the door, and they're at the windows. And that's the scene that is set. Jesus is inside teaching. And here comes this man that is uh, paralyzed, and he's being carried by four other men. And the Bible says here, now let's look at this. This is a very, very, very key. It says in verse number uh, 18, it says, and behold, men brought a bed, a man or men brought a, someone that was on a bed, which was taken with palsy, palsy, or that was paralyzed. Uh, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him, to lay the man that was paralyzed before Jesus. 
It says, and when they could find, rather, and when they could not find by what way to bring him in, because of the multitude, they tried another way. But see something. They really tried to get in the house. They really tried. I don't, I'm not sure how big the house was or how small the house was, but I can see them through my imagination. I can see them taking this man uh, with the palsy. They're carrying him on some type of stretcher or his mat, and they are taking him to the front door, and it's crowded, the side door and the back door. They're taking him through the window, but there are people everywhere, and nobody obviously wants to give up their spot. They're standing around, and I can see them saying, excuse me, sir, excuse me, ma'am, can we get our friend to Jesus? But And I can see some of the people say, look, look, buddy, I got my space. I've been waiting here since 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm going to see Jesus. I'm going to see him. I'm gonna see. I can see everybody that's around there that's coming to seek the Lord, not letting this man in that has a bad problem. Well, what do you do at that point? Do you get discouraged and just give up and go home because of what people are saying or because of how people are not allowing you to get to the Lord? They're not allowing you to get to your goal. They're not allowing you to uh, fulfill your dream. They're not allowing you to express your faith or your gifts to the Lord. They're not allowing you to have an opportunity to get close to Jesus. Well, what do you do? Do we turn and go home and, and cry or do we seek another way? Well, these men were so bold they, they they did not allow the crowd to stand in the way of their goals, but they sought another way. Now, let's look at this again. It says in verse number, the latter part of verse 18, it says, and they sought means. There's got to be some kind of way. They sought means to bring him in and to lay him before Jesus, to lay him before him. So this was their goal. They had this envision. When they picked this man up from wherever he was, whether he was on the at the gates, lying at the gates of the city or whether he was at home. But they these men got together and decided we're going to take him up and we've got to lay him before Jesus. They had two goals, one to get him inside and number two, to lay him before Jesus. We know that once we do that, they knew that once they did that, then the problem would be solved. Get him inside and get him to Jesus. They sought means to do this. And in verse number 19, it says, and they could not, meaning they really, really, really did try. They could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude. Now, I love the way the Bible says multitude. It doesn't just say because of the group of people. Multitude, meaning that there are many different kinds of folk. Multitude, many multiples, multiple of twos, multiple of attitudes. Are you with me? There are multitude, multitudes around this house. And those multiple attitudes would not let them get inside. Now, the people could have said, oh, I see you have a problem. Here, we'll make a hole for you to get in. But these multiple attitudes of the people would not let them in. And how many of you know, and we should realize by now, that because of some people's attitudes, that could keep you out of a lot of things. It could keep you out. It could keep you out. It could keep you out of relationship. It could keep you out um, of something that you ought to have because of their attitude, even because of your own attitude. It can keep you out of a lot of stuff. 
So there were multiple attitudes, and, and we've been confronted with multiple attitudes when we've gone to, into different places. Somebody could be nice, have a great attitude, uh, and have a vigor for life, and someone else can be mean, nasty, and snotty. Terrible attitude. Don't even want to be there. And I've been to places and even to restaurants when it doesn't seem like the waitress wants to be there. Like, what's your order? What you, what you want? What you, I'm a lady, if you don't want to be here, just go home. There are other people that need a job. Are you with me? So uh, people's attitudes can can have the ability to turn your way to keep you from the Lord, but you must be persistent. You must be persistent. How many people have gone to church and and have gone to like gone to church and because someone had an attitude in the pew or attitude at the door or they were greeted with an attitude by a greeter or a hostess, they decided I'm not going back to that church anymore because of an attitude. Because of someone else's attitude, they let that attitude stop them from seeing the Lord, stop them from realizing their dreams and the things that God had put into their, into their heart. The Bible declares that how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So they had heard something about the Lord, something about Jesus. And Jesus is the word of God that was made flesh. So they heard the word. They heard the word preached. If it wasn't, if it was only somebody in the soup kitchen back then, Bible days, if you talking around the sink, the gospel was being preached because the people were, somebody was talking about Jesus. Somebody was sharing the things that he had done and people came to the house. And so here is this man, these these four men, the four men carrying and carrying this one man with the policy. They sought ways to get into the house. They couldn't find it. So they decided, let's climb up on the roof. The Bible says they went upon the housetop. Now, that's a feat in itself to do that. They went up on the housetop to realize their goal. The only way, there's only one way we're going to get in to see the Lord. We're going to have to do something that's unusual. We're going to have to do something that no one else has thought about. This may cause people's uh, feathers to be ruffled. It may cause somebody to really get an attitude with us. We don't know what the owner of the house is going to say. We don't know what Jesus is going to say. All we know is that we've got to get this man in the house and before Jesus. And this gold consumed them so much that it caused them to do something that was unusual. And it was that something that was unusual that got them into the presence of the Lord in the face of a multiple of attitudes. I pray that you hear what's being said. So we're going to get you unstuck tonight. And so they could have been stuck just out here outside the house with this problem and went home. The answer was in the house, but they could have decided just to stay there and just go back home because of too much attitude, because of too much people, because of too much problem. There are too many barriers. You know, if there if there were nobody were there, then maybe we could go in. But there are people here. So we got a good excuse. So let's just go back home. And that's really what a lot of us, what the, the Lord said here again, the gospel is preached to the poor, those that have lack, those that are without. Obviously, this man that was sick of the palsy, that was paralyzed, had lack in his life. He lacked mobility. He could still think. He could still reason. Uh, he could still do some communication. Maybe he could talk. 
He could that that would be a great thing for him to do on the side of the road. He could open his mouth and he could beg alms for the palsy, alms for the palsy, alms for the lame. He could he could express his condition before others. He just couldn't do anything about it. He couldn't move. So he was stuck in a body. Someone with a good mind stuck in a bad body, motionless, motionless, could not move, couldn't do anything, but knew what to do. He probably maybe had skills of farming and other things and knew and possibly knew how to plow or maybe he had a trade and something went bad, something went wrong. He knew how to do it, but just couldn't get his body to do it. Stuck in a prison on the inside. Now, when the Lord, uh, when they lower him down before the Lord Jesus, the first thing Jesus says, and, and let's look at this. It says in verse 19, the latter part, uh, and let him down before, let him down through the tiling with the couch uh, into the midst before Jesus. So here's the scene now. They have climbed up the top. I'm sure they are tired. They may be exhausted. I'm not sure how much this man weighs. Um, and they're letting him down. I'm not sure how long it took for them to let Jesus let this man down through the roof. But finally, he they've got a hole big enough for this grown man to fit through in the roof. Now, that's a big old hole. And so they let him down before Jesus. And the first thing the Lord says to him is what? You are healed. No, he doesn't say that. First thing he says to him is, um, be made whole. No, he doesn't say that. The first thing the Lord Jesus says to this man is, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. The very first thing the Lord deals with is something. Now, it, it seems strange uh, that the, it seems like the Lord would say, you know, be healed or be made well, be made whole. Your faith has saved thee something. But the Lord did not deal with the outer condition first. He dealt with the inner condition because remember, he came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to restore. He came to man. He came to build up. So he does what he's come to do first. He heals the man on the inside by giving him a word of release, a word of forgiveness. A word from the throne room of, of his presence, because the Bible says here that, that the power of the Lord, uh, in verse number 17, it says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal. The word heal means, of course, it means to heal the body, but it also means to loose, to set free, to free from error. And the first thing the Lord sets free is the heart of this man, is his emotional condition, is his mental condition, is his spiritual condition, the things that cannot be seen from the outside. Everyone else, I'm sure including these four men bringing him, thought that his, ma that his major problem was on the outside. The fact that he couldn't move, the fact that he couldn't do, the fact that he couldn't provide for himself or maybe even his family. But Jesus looks past the physical condition and he looks to the inside and tells this man, sir, man. And I love the way he's called him man, man, not beggar, man, man. He says, thy sins are forgiven thee. In other words, I loose you from it. I loose you from the debt. Sin is debt. Uh, this man obviously owed some debt to God. He had done something wrong, some error, something was wrong. And that possibly caused him to get into this condition. And so I can see this man wondering, you know, uh, am I in this condition because 
of what I have done in the past. Have I lost mobility? Have I lost my family? Have I lost my business? Have I lost productivity because of what I have done? Oh God, I brought this upon myself because of my own sin, because of my own deeds. Oh, oh, help me. And I can see him sitting on the side of the road saying, alms, alms for the palsy, alms for the palsy, alms for the palsy. And every day going home or, or somewhere where they laid him and somebody had to feed him and somebody had to bathe him and, and somebody had to, had to clean them, clean them and somebody had to try to clothe him and he got back up the next day. Alms, alms, oh God help me, alms, 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 somebody help me please. I'm in a bad condition. If I hadn't done this or maybe this, I'm done so much wrong to get in this spot. What did I do, oh God, to get me in this spot? I'm sorry I made that mistake. And so he's on the side of the road and four men had mercy, I'm sure, by God to bring this man before Jesus. And the very first thing Jesus does is he releases him from the inner pain. Your sins are forgiven you. The very first thing, your sins are are forgiving you. The Lord Jesus knows that this word given to this man would be controversial. Now understand something. Jesus Christ was all God, but yet and still all man. He calls himself the son of God and also the son of man. The only thing he did as the son of God was to die on the cross. Everything else he did as the son of man. The son of man, he did as a spirit-filled man, an obedient man unto God. Bible declares that he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. So Jesus uh, was a spirit-filled man in complete obedience to God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. If he did these mighty works as the son of God, then we could not follow him then he could not rightfully or legally say, um, the works that I do show you do also because I go unto my father. He couldn't say that because how can we do the works of God? How can we do it like God? But he said, you're going to do what I do because I'm not doing this as God. I'm doing this as a spirit-filled, spirit-led man. And you're going to be able to follow in my steps. And so here we are as New Testament believers who have Jesus on the inside of us and he has set us up a pattern or a way of life. All we have to do is do what he did. Let's get spirit filled. Let's be spirit led and let's yield unto the father. Let's submit unto him and then we will do the works that Jesus did. Hallelujah. And so the Lord comes, first of all, he deals with this man's condition. He says, your sins be forgiven you. Now, he does this in the midst of, uh, in the midst of judgment. Because the Bible says that these Pharisees and doctors of the law were present. In other words, they had come to sit in on this evangelist's meeting. Here's Jesus, the prophet, the evangelist. He's the pastor. He's everything. But here was an evangelistic meeting, and Jesus was here. He was teaching the people in front 
of all the judges in front of criticism he knows that every word that they will any word that he will say they're they're trying their best to the twist it they're trying their best to to get at him they, they're trying their best to to take a word so they can accuse him and i'm not sure if anybody's ever felt the pressure of just people just staring at you just thinking about <clears throat> he don't know what he's talking about he ain't even preaching right what what's he doing what, what what's he saying i don't even believe half things he's saying anyway what what there's sitting their pharisees and their their doctors of the law sitting in judgment waiting to condemn they want one word from jesus just one from this man of god just one just just one oh they're waiting in the corner they got their baseball bats they got their rocks ready to throw it jesus just one jesus just one slip we'll have you on cnn just one we'll have you on the newspaper in the morning just one we're gonna post it all over the internet just one word just give it to me jesus just one and so the Lord sees this man coming down in his condition and knows that the first thing he has to do, he has to be freed on the inside first. What will he do? Will he, will he compromise because of the people that are sitting by and just give the man his physical healing? That would be a great work of God. Surely the man will glorify God and everybody will be blessed. Surely he would. Or would he give him the full package and make him whole? All eyes want to know, inquiring minds want to know, Jesus, what are you going to do? You know these folk are in here, and you know this man needs forgiveness. What are you going to do? Preacher, what are you going to do? Jesus said, without hesitation, man, your sins, as he's falling down, coming down, your sins are forgiven. And right away, just as he's known, his critics are present, and the Bible says, as soon as he said that, and the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Now they're calling Jesus blasphemous. They're in the corner just whispering. Can you believe that? Blasphemy, blasphemy, blasphemy. And Jesus knows what they are thinking. And he confronts the issue. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Why are y'all whispering over there? Why I know you're not with me. <laughs> Why are you whispering over there? But so that you will know. Now listen, let's look at the Bible and see what it says. He says that they said blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? It says, but Jesus perceived their thoughts. Here again, Holy Spirit led. He heard what they were thinking. He perceived their thoughts. It says, he answering said unto them, what reason ye in your hearts? Why, why are you reasoning this in your hearts? Why are you saying these things? He said, whether it is easy, whether it's easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee or to rise or, or rather or to say rise up and walk. He said, what is easier, boys? What, what's easy? Now, now he's in a crowded room. Everybody's in town. Now, one of the things that devil loves to do is to is to try to humiliate you. He's not going to wait till you get in private. He wants to wait till the room fills up so he can show you out right there in front of everybody. He wants to show you up in front of everybody. You're blasphemer. You're black. You ain't nothing, Jesus. You ain't nothing. You ain't. We doctors, we got our diplomas. We know we're talking about. We scribe. We've been doing this from, uh, from before the time you were born. You were just a young pup. You're only 30 some years old. We 50, 60, 70, and we know the book and we got our credentials. We know Jesus. Uh huh. 
the Lord ushers out the word. He, he breathes the word out. He said, uh, what is easier to say, gentlemen? What's easier for me to say? What is easier for people to say? Is it easier to say your sins be forgiven you or rise, take up your bed and walk? Which is easier? Which is easier? He said, but that you may know that the who? Son of man, not the son of God. But that you may know that the son of man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. Let me validate. In other words, he's saying, I'm going to validate to you the anointing in my life. I'm going to validate to you that I am sent by God. I am from God. Let me put the seal. Let me put God's seal on this thing so that you may know that I have power on earth to forgive sins. Hey, buddy, get up. Take your bed and go. And the man, the Bible says, and immediately the man that had been paralyzed sitting on the side of the road immediately look at his hands his hands start moving his arms start moving legs start moving i i can hear in my imagination i can hear the bones pop pop snap crackling pop 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 and the man jumps up and the people go whoa they get crazy because the lord jesus has just done he has just done something that defied that defy the, their religious thinking of that day. He had just done something that was undeniable. They couldn't deny that the power and presence of God was upon this man. Even though he said something that they didn't agree with. But they could not deny the power of God. Mm, mm, mm. And that's one thing that we're going to have to have even in these last days is the power and presence of God. It's not enough to go around and quote your Bible or, or give life experiences and these things will be helpful at times. But they'll have to see Jesus. The power of God is going to have to be revealed. And when the power of God is revealed... The people take notice. Now, as we spoke about getting unstuck, let me give you two other scriptures, then we're going to close out tonight. The book of Proverbs, the 29th chapter, verse 18 says, and some of you know this very well. It says, or this is out of the um, New Living Translation. Or rather, let's go out of the uh, NIV. NIV says, where there is no revelation or where there is no vision, King James says, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Where there is no vision, where there is no goal, where there is no dream, where there is where someone has not heard a word from God, where they have nothing to believe in. They will cast off restraint. Uh, Message Bible says they will stumble all over themselves. If there's no open vision from God, if there's no revelation, if there's no word from the Lord, they will fall over themselves or they will cast off restraint or they won't advance in life. These four men who was carrying this man that was sick of the palsy had a goal. They had a dream and they were not going to let the multitude of people stop them. The multitude of attitudes stop them from getting their goal, stop them from attaining their dream. Because of that, 
they were able to do something that no one else had thought about. It is not recorded anywhere else in this Bible that anyone had ever done that before. Then or since that I know about if someone broken in the roof, this was out of the ordinary. But they knew what they needed from Jesus and they knew where Jesus was. And they were willing to do whatever it took to get to him. This is how we're going to get unstuck in life by doing whatever it takes to get to Jesus. And even though we may be in the presence of our accusers, because accusers are everywhere. In the home, in the job, in the streets, in the Walmart. There's always someone that may have uh, a bad face. The, the Lord told Jeremiah, don't be afraid of their faces. There may be somewhere, or they may not be thinking about you. Maybe they're having a bad day and they're just crinkling up their noses because they're thinking about something else. They're thinking about their problems, but we perceive it as they are against me. But are we going to let our perceptions keep us back from Jesus? I know that Jesus Christ has my answer. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get to him. In doing this, we will arise from where we are to higher heights and deeper depths. And we will see the glory of God unfold in a manner that we've never seen before. I pray you've heard the word of God tonight. We are done in Jesus' mighty name. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org.